0: Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints of God, we have before us today this most beautiful text from John chapter 20, which tells us both of the the first Easter evening and then one week later, both times Jesus appearing to his disciples as they were locked in the upper room. And both incidences are particularly important. We're going to have to, in fact, take up both of them. In turn, because Jesus is giving two particular gifts in these texts. First, Jesus gives to his church the gift of the absolution. I remember, and I think I've told you this story before, but I remember when I was coming into the Lutheran church and we had been to the Lutheran service just a few times, and one of the things that troubled me most was the pastor who stood up front. And after we had the confession of our sins, he turned around and he told us, In the name of Jesus, I forgive you all of your sins. And I would think to myself, How in the world can a man say that? So I asked him, the pastor, one day we were leaving the church, and I said, How in the world can you forgive sins? I thought that only God forgave sins. And he, this is really brilliant, he, he said, Do you have your Bible there? And so I handed him my Bible. And this is uh, that's one of the genius parts of it because I think if, if he would have taken his Bible out and opened it, I would have thought, oh, this is some sort of secret Lutheran Bible that has different verses. But he uh, he took my Bible and he opened it up to John chapter 20 and he pointed to the text that we heard this morning where Jesus says, when he breathed on the disciples and he says to them, whoever sins you forgive, you forgive, they are forgiven. And whoever sins you withhold or whoever sins you bind, they are bound. And he said, this is the gift that Jesus gives to us in the church. This gift of the absolution. And it's no accident that Jesus breathes on the disciples and gives them the Holy Spirit after he is raised from the dead, because this gift of the freedom from the forgiveness of our sins, this unloosing from the chains that bind us, this is directly resulting from Jesus dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. The freedom that Jesus has won from the bonds of death is the freedom that he gives to us in the absolution. He was crucified for our transgressions and he was raised, says St. Paul, Romans chapter four, he was raised for our justification, raised so that he would declare us to be innocent, raised to forgive us all of our sins. Now, how does this work? I think the best picture of the absolution is the picture of the jail and the courthouse if you can imagine it like this you're in jail over here on one side of the street in jail and across the way is the courthouse where your case is being heard and in the courthouse the judge hears or he in fact receives someone paying the po- the fine for your sin. so your fine is paid, and so he pronounces you free, and the bailiff, who has the key to your cell, comes across the street to the jail and opens the door and says, I'm setting you free. You can go. This is the picture of the absolution. Now, how would it be if how would it be if you're there in the prison and you say, hey, buddy, only the judge can set me free, not you. You're just a bailiff. Well, the bailiff has the authority to set you free from the judge. That's the The glory of the absolution. If if the judge had not declared you to be innocent, then anything that the bailiff does, he could still come and let you out, but you would just be loose. You wouldn't be free. And they'd come and arrest you and throw you back in prison. But the judge has declared you free. He's declared you innocent. He's declared you righteous and holy so that now the bailiff can set you free. God be praised. So Jesus gives this gift to the church on Easter, the first Easter evening, so that you and I would hear that that word of the absolution and we would walk in freedom and joy and peace, knowing that all of our sins are forgiven. In fact, and uh, Aaron can show you this, that the word in ASL for salvation is this. <laughs> It's the bondage, the chains of death being broken, and now you're set free. And that happens when we hear the words, I forgive you all your sins in the name of Jesus. That's the first part. But then the drama in the text starts to unfold when we realize that when Jesus came and found His disciples all gathered together and breathed on them and gave them the gift of the absolution, that there were two disciples who weren't there. Judas, who had already killed himself, but then another. Thomas. Thomas the bold. Thomas, the one who when Jesus said, let's go visit Lazarus, and all the other disciples said, Lazarus in Bethany, they want to kill you over there. And Thomas says, let's go with them. If we die, we die. Thomas, who on this night... Now think about this. We, we don't know where Thomas was. We don't know why he was out. But we do know why the other ten were gathered together, were huddled in, who, they were quarantining themselves, because it says they were afraid of the Jews. In other words, the ten were gathered together because they were afraid. Now, it's not that much of a stretch to think that Thomas, then, was the one who wasn't afraid. Thomas was the one who was not afraid to leave the room. Thomas was the one who was not afraid to go out to look for news. Thomas was the one who was not afraid to lose his life. Thomas was the one who was acting boldly. So how disappointing would it be to Thomas to come back and to have the other ten saying, Thomas, Jesus, was just here. You missed him. Imagine Thomas thinking, Jesus, how could you do Couldn't you just wait for me to get back? Just a few minutes and I could see you too? Jesus, why did you come when I wasn't? I was out looking for you. These guys were hiding. And you come and, and, you, and you appear to them and, and not to me? And they announced with this you, you got to see the scene in your imagination they announced with this great kind of excitement Thomas we saw the lord and Thomas just No it can't be I don't believe you I won't believe it believe it until I myself see him until I put my until I put my fingers in his hands and put my hand into his side I will not believe Imagine how the 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 faces of the other ten would have dropped and how there would have been this now animosity. I I think, by the way, there's this urgency both in the angels and in Jesus on Easter to get the disciples to Galilee. The angels send the women, tell them to meet me in Galilee. Jesus says, I'll meet you in Galilee. So there's this urgency that Jesus has to get the disciples away from Jerusalem and back up north to Galilee. But we find them still in Jerusalem even a week later. And why? Why hadn't they gone to Galilee? My, now, this is just my own guess reading the text. But I think it's Thomas who's holding them back. He said to go to Galilee. Thomas says, You're yeah, right. In fact, I have this picture in my own imagination of, of, the, of the 11 in the upper room all week and the 10 are over there on one side and Thomas is over here by themselves. There's 10 believing and Thomas doubting. There's 10 trying to contain their excitement, and Thomas trying to contain his anger. And they would have talked and argued, and that would have simmered down, and now there's nothing they could say. And this is the state that we find the disciples eight days later, a week later, the Sunday after Easter, when Jesus again comes and appears to them. The text goes like this. Eight days later... His disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answers him, My Lord and my God. This is stunning. In fact, this is one of the most beautiful confessions of faith in Jesus and the divinity of Jesus. And we see in this text how much Jesus loved Thomas to come back and to give him the gift of seeing his hands and his side. But it's not just the love of Jesus for Thomas. It's the love of Jesus for you. Because Jesus goes on to say, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And this, and this word brings both of these visits of Jesus to the upper room on Easter and a week later. It brings them together with this biblical truth that Jesus, raised from the dead, Desires most of all to get the benefit of his death and his resurrection to you. To your family, to your neighbor, to the world, but to you. There's an old and helpful theological distinction between, uh, between how the forgiveness of sins is won and accomplished, on the one hand, and how the forgiveness of sins is delivered on the other. Now this is this is really important for us to get our heads around and our minds around and it's really quite wonderful when we do. Jesus won the forgiveness on his cross. But he doesn't deliver forgiveness on the cross. He delivers forgiveness in his word, in his sacraments, in the forgiveness of sins, in the absolution. Do you see the tomb of Jesus is empty? Still, it's empty today, but God's Word never returns empty. And by His Word, He brings to you the victory that He won over sin and death and the devil. In fact, by His Word, Jesus is closer to you now, right now at this moment, Jesus is closer to you than He ever was to Thomas on the Sunday after the resurrection. His eternal life is your eternal life. And you, by your baptism, by your faith in God's Word, have already been raised with Christ, St. Paul says, and seated with Him at the right hand of God. Now it's true that we do not yet see it. Remember how Jesus says, Blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. We don't see it yet. We don't see all the gifts that Jesus has given to us. We don't see Jesus in his glory, the glory of his graciousness. We, for a while still, walk by faith, not by sight. But we have this blessing, this extra blessing that Thomas didn't have. The blessed are those who believe And yet have not seen. And soon, very soon, dear saints, your walking by faith and not by sight will come to an end. We will one day soon see the glory of the resurrection that Jesus has for us. We will stand before him, our own bodies raised from the dead. We will stand before him glorified and radiating with his glory. Because Jesus is risen and we will be raised with Him. God be praised. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.